everyone, and welcome to Design for Online Ask Ashley edition. As always, I am joined by my lovely colleague, Jenny Corals, and we are going to talk about hot topics around higher education. So Jenny, welcome. How are you doing today? I am good, Ashley. I am enjoying a new technology purchase. I want to tell you about it. Please do. Tell me all of the new technology purchases so I can add it to my shopping cart. (laughs) So you know how people, you know, when you work in technology, people assume you have all the technology gadgets. And actually, I don't usually have all the technology gadgets. I'm very like cautious. But for years, I have been eyeing an app controlled mug. That sounds intriguing. I need to know the specifics about this (laughs) app controlled mug. So I like a really hot cup of coffee and my husband teases me all the time because there will be these like half drunk um, cups of coffee like around our house because they go cold and I abandon it and I either make a new cup. Hopefully I clean up my cup, but like next to the sink will be like half drunk mugs of coffee. And he's like, why don't you just make a smaller cup? It doesn't matter how small the amount of coffee I make, like coffee goes cold. So a, f- a friend of ours saw this mug that I was kind of eyeing online that has an app and you control the temperature of your coffee and it keeps it warm on a little coaster for like as long as you want, as long as you have it on. And it's like a game changer. I feel so awake. You're welcome. That sounds like the coolest technology I have ever heard. And now uh, naturally I'm going to have questions. So can you put, cause I am not a coffee drinker. I drink tea. So do you put like boiling water into it and then it just stays that temperature or how does that work? Like, how do I make a cup of tea in this fancy mug so I can ask for it for the next holiday? The app has like recommendations, Ashley. So it's like, oh, you, you like coffee, your coffee, you probably want your coffee in this temperature range. Like we suggest you start here and then like you can go up and down. And if you're drinking tea, this blew my mind, whole different temperature range. So you don't use the same temperatures for tea as you do for coffee, which is why the app is amazing. It's not a simple mug, Ashley. It's like, I'm drinking tea today and I need to change my temperature settings. And, um, and that, but that's as simple as it is. So no, you don't necessarily put like quote unquote boiling water in, or at least that's not how I do. I, as much as I love my coffee, I'm a Keurig drinker. Some people judge me for my little, you know, Keurig pods of coffee. (laughs) Um, but So it's not necessarily like the type, but you know, so whatever temperature that's coming out at, like my mug is keeping it about like at 125 degrees and it's just, it's joyous. So, um, unfortunately it's a little pricey and it was such a treat that this, this person treated me to this mug. Um, but I wish everyone in the world could have the mug because people would be awake. They would be warm. They would be happy. I kind of want it. Are you allowed to say the name of the mug? So our listeners can Google it. (laughs) <laughs> I think so. I mean, I, again, like no responsibility for the kind of company <laughs> this is or whatnot, but the mug's called Ember. Um, Ember. And it's also like, you know, super sleek and it comes in all different um, sizes. And then they have travel mugs too, oh because gosh. so many times, Ashley, I've been on the soccer field with my kiddos and I bring a Yeti full of coffee and Yeti does a great job, but um I was like, ooh, a coffee mug that's like actually heating that actively while I'm freezing my knees off on the soccer field. That would be amazing. So stay tuned. I'll let you know how 
I, I haven't ordered the travel mug, but let me tell you, it's probably come. It's going to happen. Oh, now, if all of our listeners want to pause the podcast to look up <laughs> Ember so they can put it in their shopping carts, that is okay. Um, but let's go ahead and go on with our question. So Jenny, do you have a question for us? I picked a special one out of the virtual grab bag. Here we go. Dear Ashley, I was in class the other day and I noticed a lot of blank stares after reviewing a new concept. What are some low stakes ways I can gauge my students' learning and if they are getting it? Ooh, the dreaded blank stare. That is the worst. <laughs> it is the worst. So a couple of things I would recommend to this person would be to offer comprehension checks along the way, especially if there is a new topic and depending upon the difficulty of the topic. And what I mean by comprehension check, essentially it's super low stakes and it's not necessarily for a grade. It's more for the students to be able to answer these questions or interact with the content in a way that they get automatic feedback on whether or not they are grasping the concept. So some things that we can do, we utilize Canvas as our LMS. And one thing that we can do is build in just some quick interactive video quizzes. So if you have a video, let's say you're an online instructor and you're doing some online content, instructional content, you can build in questions along the way. So they can pop up after a concept review student can answer it and then get that instantaneous feedback. And then in turn, you as the instructor can see what your students are saying. If they got them all wrong, then you can know that maybe I need to talk a little bit more or come at this from a different angle, or if they're getting it all correct and you're like, great, they're totally grasping those concepts. Another great resource that I use is an authoring tool called H5P. And it's a way that you could build interactive activities, whether it's drag and drop, whether it's fill in the blank, um, an image sequence or sorting activity, there are a ton of different options. And again, we are a Canvas um, school, so we have it embedded directly into our LMS. So students will see it as a seamless interaction. They get the content, they go through the H5P, and then they get their instantaneous feedback. And then you, again, as the instructor, will see where your students fall on those activities. So comprehension checks, I am a huge proponent of it, and it's a very low stakes way to gauge student learning. Another thing which I am still in the process of learning more about, but ePortfolios is something that I think could really be a great way for students to be able to showcase what they're learning, as well as give them a way to reflect back on their learning over time as well. So it's something that they could take and build as the semester goes on to really reflect back on, hey, what are the concepts that I learned? How are they connecting with other concepts that I've learned throughout my career? And then it just is a nice thing that they can take away way, whether they want to go into the professional world or just something that they could have and add to as they go throughout their career. Um, a couple other quick tidbits are uh, debates. If it's a way that you can implement a debate in a certain topic that you can have both sides and students can really speak freely about what they know about it, or even assigning real world tasks. So instead of just talking about what makes a good survey and what are some great survey questions, actually have them create a survey, go out into the world, conduct that survey, and then reflect back on their experience to say, hey, here are some things that I tried from the textbook or what I've learned, and this really worked really well, or I need to rethink this specific structure. Jenny, how about you? Do you have any? I feel like I've just been going on and on. Do you have <laughs> You anything? had some great, yeah, you had great, great, great ideas. I loved everything you shared. And, and I would reiterate about almost everything you shared that, you know, 
those things don't necessarily have to compute into the grade books. So not only could they be, you know, for low point value, but you could choose, you know, not to grade them or, you know, you could choose to think about a different way that you um, gauge their interaction with those activities. And, and you can also think about how you're using the feedback that you're getting from those low stakes activities and how you kind of switch up your teaching, or maybe you want to release some additional content because you're seeing some of those low stakes things are tanking. Um, so it's a two-way street. So I love all those ideas. The only thing I would add, um, my initial thought was polling. Um, oh, and yeah. polling, you know, I think a lot of you know, in-person faculty, you know, have used polling in the classroom. I see it more and more being adopted for online classes where um, students might be doing something at an asynchronous time, but the poll could be open and certain polling tools will let you, you know, respond to the poll and then you see all of the feedback from the other students. So even though it's happening asynchronously, it kind of feels just like you're a part of the class in real time because you're getting that real-time feedback about how did the rest of the class, you know, understand that concept? Or one of my favorite polling questions um, is, is a concluding activity, which is like, what did you learn today? Or what's your key takeaway from today? And I love those because um, I love seeing like all those flutter in as students all respond. And I think in an online space, like, again, how cool is that? I'm sitting at home, you know, it's Friday night when I have time to do my homework. And I answer and then all of my other fellow students responses come floating out and I can kind of feel like I'm a part of that community. So I'm all for polling and the polling too, it could go in the grade book or it could be an anonymous thing. And it just gives you a sense of what's happening in the class over overarchingly versus like specifically student to student. So both have merit. Yeah, definitely. And I'm happy you brought up polling because I think that's a great example. And I have a lot of our online instructors here at UVA School of Ed that have been utilizing polling in their asynchronous courses. And we kind of use it as a bookend activity where before I dive into the content, take this poll and think about what you think about a particular topic or concept, and then go through all the material and then take that poll again and see if your mindset has changed. So it's a, I used to think, but now I think type of activity. And that has been really powerful for a lot of our students to really talk about and reflect on why did I initially think that? And why has my idea changed? And what are some of the things that I've learned? So it's really been a really, really effective way to utilize polling in an online platform. I love that. Yeah. It's like a different take on a pre and post test, which you could also do. So yeah, I'm taking all these ideas, man. I need to teach something soon. Stay (laughs) tuned. (laughs) Well, I'm hoping you're taking these ideas and I hope our listeners are taking some of these ideas that they could start to implement into their courses just as a way for them to be able to gauge their student learning, but in these low stakes way. So that way everybody can benefit as in the learner and the instructor just to be able to see if they need to cater their lesson plans differently. So I thank you, Jenny, and I thank our listeners and we will talk to you soon. If you have an exciting topic you want to hear on our future Designed for Online episodes, feel free to email me at ac8ga at virginia.edu. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon.